Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's Wednesday, June 2nd. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling with the homie, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tass, you've got my top shot hot boy, fellow freak, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. yo. The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mm, <laughs> and last but not least, making this magic happen, it's J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. They're fired up here this morning. Smash that like button. Leave your comments and subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. And send in your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' podcast. Email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com, or you can tweet them in, at nodunksinc, that's I-N-C. We're actually hitting the beach later today to answer some of your questions, but keep sending them in 24-7. And you can join us right back here live on YouTube at 3 p.m. Eastern if you want to come step on the beach with us as we answer some of your questions. All right, let's get into it. Wow, what a night. We will start with the Nuggets-Blazers game. Denver getting the best of Damian Lillard's 55 points. Yeah, he went for 55, but in a loss, double overtime, 147 to 140 tasks. My goodness, uh, game of the playoffs, no doubt. And I feel like we needed this a little bit. Um, After that awesome opening weekend where we had a bunch of great games... I don't know, the storyline of the last like week or so has just felt like uh, dumb fans and blowouts and a bunch of weird injuries. Uh, so this was a nice, obviously entertaining game. Where do you want to start, man? Yeah, well, it's one of the best feelings as a basketball fan in the world when you're left speechless. And that's what Damian Lillard did, right? It's like everyone in the building knows what's coming. At the end of regulation, Damian Lillard is going to get the ball. It's like a video game. He gets the ball, he fires away, and these professional basketball players can't stop him. It's just going in. It was nuts. On an inbound, uh, he tied the game to send it to OT with that three And we know it's coming again at the last minute of the first OT. He did it again, sending it to a second overtime with another three-point shot. And that was after hitting another couple threes in the last minute of that overtime. So three threes in the last minute of that overtime. Did it again. Then he banked the three in the second overtime. I mean, I I, I say everyone was left speechless. Uh, It's like God entered the chat. Austin Rivers, after Damian Lillard finally 
missed a shot in the second overtime, put his hands together and prayed to God to thank <laughs> God. It happened. He missed. Like Kevin, yeah, Kevin Durant's watching this game after winning a series. Uh, and, and he tweets, you know, just like the rest of us, he tweets literally, I had like four tweets I wanted to write to describe this masterpiece by Damian Lamonte Ollie Lillard Sr. <laughs> but I am seriously at a loss for words. And then he tweeted, this is a spiritual experience. It's like everybody... Everybody knew it was coming. And we could talk about the defense from Michael Porter Jr., which is a little lackluster. Why is he out there on, the, on that possession? And then same thing happened to Shaq Harrison at the end of the first OT. Uh, but, uh, I mean, the Nuggets being able to withstand a godlike experience uh, by Damian Lillard just to be able to just chuck from anywhere, and the ball goes in, and everybody knows that this is happening. I, it, it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, I was, I was totally in awe. I mean, basically the chats were with, with the buds. Trey in the chat was just saying, come on. I mean, come on. How does oh, this yeah. happen? How <laughs> well, does after happen? the banker, the banked in three was, that was honestly ridiculous. Like, okay, the guy's made every shot in the book at this point, And then he banks in a three after having made how many straight at that point? I don't know, three or four probably. Uh, yeah, that was... Um, I don't know. Impressive for the Nuggets to see a banked in three like that and not completely lose it. That was the impressive thing to me is that like the Nuggets kept hitting back every single yep. time that Lillard was making one of these threes. And that was some serious poise because uh, after the Austin Rivers foul call at the end of regulation, after Lillard hit the three to push it into the second overtime when no doubt the Nuggets could have fouled when Lillard dribbled inside the three-point arc. Like, you got to wrap him up then. Don't mm -hmm. even let him get a three-pointer up. But to have those kind of mistakes come up a couple of different times and still hit back and be able to pull out the win, impressive stuff for the Nuggets. But man, it was just crazy watching Lillard. He did that jump thing with, uh, he got the foul on Rivers, and then after that, he was doing that same sort of release for every single three-pointer he took where he was jumping up and kind of flailing his legs, hoping to draw some kind of a foul call, and it didn't matter at all that he had zero balance on these. They were yeah. just pure the whole time. Incredible stuff. Yeah, I was Lord. like, is he on one foot or two feet? Because he jump stops and then just chucks the one leg up, but it's it's definitely a two-footer, but it's, yeah, it's unique. It's very weird looking. Yeah. 55 points on 17 to 24 shooting, an NBA record, Lily. Now 12 three pointers made, eclipsing Clay, who had that playoff record, uh, hitting 11 back in 2016 versus OKC. Oh yeah, also 10 assists. But you know, and we are going to like get to the Nuggets for sure. And like, I like what you're saying there, Trey. The idea of like, wow, how did they not sort of like, I don't know, at some some point, sort of just throw up your hands, like I don't know how we beat this guy. And I think a part of it is like maybe just the they take on the uh, the vibe of their MVP and Jokic because we're always talking about like you can't speed him up you can never speed him up he plays at his pace always poised uh, and that's they just continue to go through him and he continues to make play after play after play but Lee no help for Damian Lillard here especially in the like overtime periods where it was all him and then he was trying to look get other guys shots I mean Norman Powell missed a wide open three in the corner Covington, I don't know why he thought he was Sean Kemp for a, for a second and tried to cock it back. He twice. misses a dunk. Yeah, twice. Um, you know, a m missed rotations. Like, okay, the defense is, is what it is with the Blazers. But, like, he just didn't get enough help. CJ stepping out of bounds was a big one on the side. I mean, it's got to be deflating for Blazers fans, for even Dame to some extent. Like, man, I can't do much more. I wasn't asking for much, guys. And you basically gave me nothing is what I got yeah. to 
Network tweeted, Damian Lillard po- uh, painted the Sistine Chapel, his teammates power washed it. And I think that's, <laughs> that's pretty accurate because, yeah, you needed someone else just to sort of step up there. They were down nine points with two minutes to go, just over two minutes to go here in overtime. And it's like, surely the Nuggets aren't going to lose it from here. Now, they didn't. But Lillard just felt, it just felt like he was going to have to do it all because he did try to get his teammates involved he tried to get them shots but he just couldn't really rely on them and and CJ he hasn't had a great series I know statistically he's not too bad but he hasn't had any of those moments really where it's like okay now it's CJ time and the start of the fourth quarter you know when Lillard's sitting that's the sort of moment where you want to see someone like CJ say all right I'll be Dame now uh, for this period but he couldn't do it he missed a lot of those sort of mid-rangers that he likes to do uh, and he just couldn't find that rhythm so you know, for for the for the Blazers now, obviously it's a, a win or go home situation there in Game Six, and if they do win, then they've got to win in Game Seven on the road again, like they did a couple of years ago. But they're going to need somebody to step up. I mean, Nurkic fouling out in uh, the fourth quarter there certainly doesn't help. I mean, Cantor was okay, but they need Nurkic to stay on the floor. I thought that was a dumb foul that he got that he fouled out on too. I think it was on an Aaron Gordon um, sort of dunk attempt. You almost have to just give that up when you've got five well, fouls. Well, the foul prior to that too was he set a moving screen. Yeah, yeah. Seconds at That's the, his game, though. The, like, Nurkic fouls all the time like that, and it adds up, and they got to have him on the court. Though I did think they did, the Blazers did a decent job playing small ball because there are some possessions where you just see Jokic just running around trying to find out who is the open guy that's out there. So I don't know. If Nurkic fouls out, which he probably will in game six, uh, at least there's some <laughs> optimism if you're a Blazers fan. You're going to give up buckets on the other end, no doubt about it. Yeah. Jokic is going to score, but... Three is more than two, so maybe you can kind of outmath him there a little bit. Yeah, he only ended up playing 24 minutes, and again, a lot of that is because he's in foul trouble, and then he and then he gets fouled out. He's clumsy, and he gets a bit sloppy with his foul calls, but just that frustration one really at the end was the one you've got to know at least then your situation. Like I've got five fouls, I've got to be super super careful. There's still so much time left. Uh, ended up costing him. So, you know, this was uh, just an incredible though performance from Lillard. I mean, there's not really um, uh, we know he's capable of doing these things, and it certainly felt when they got to that second overtime. By the way, they got to the uh, got there. It was like Lillard's not going to lose it from here, you know. But uh, he just kind of ran out of gas, and like, and he didn't get that support. And the Nuggets are lucky. I wondered, though, I mean, you know, he hit those shots on Austin Rivers. Why wasn't Aaron Gordon on him a little bit more, I wondered, you know? And and even Michael Porter on that last one defended him okay. But Aaron Gordon had some success. He's a bit tall. He's a bit more athletic. I was just waiting for uh, Michael Malone to put Gordon on him there rather than leave Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers fights. He battles. But I think when you've got a physical advantage that Aaron Gordon has... It's better to put a big guy like that on him who's been defending him well. So anyway, yeah. it didn't cost the Nuggets in the end. They get they get the, they walk away with the victory when uh, really both teams should get a win. They should just be a three three now. Just make next game. Oh, <laughs> well, I seven. like that idea. Just go right to game seven. <laughs> yeah, That's not yeah. a bad idea because it was that entertaining. Man, if the Nuggets hadn't pulled this out uh, in the double overtime, uh, and again that I mean, look, let's just talk about it now. That incredible pass from Jokic. <sighs> to Michael Porter Jr., which was the game-winning basket, if I if I have that right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it always gets difficult. I've said this before. Shit. When we try to get a, we get in these double overtimes, it's like, okay, that happened at the end of regulation. That happened in the first overtime. Okay, that one happened in the second time. But yeah, that Michael Porter Jr. three in the corner, double overtime. Um, what a pass, Trey, from Jokic. I mean, it's just like, I, I don't know how many guys can make that in the history of basketball. I swear to God, just his size and touch. Right there, right in the spot. I mean, Covington like breaks his ankles trying to get to the ball, <laughs> um, but it's just perfectly placed to uh, MPJ who knocked it down. Credit to him; he had a good game. 
These are my favorite Jokic passes, where if you pause the ball while it's in the air, you still don't know who it's going to. Because yeah. that could have been an assist to Gordon cutting down the lane, right? Yeah. Like, he was coming. That was a nice cut. He drew Covington over. Maybe it could have been a dunk, but it ended up going to Michael Porter Jr. in the corner for three, making me look like a genius coming up as the hero <laughs> in game five. Because he also made a huge defensive play on that CJ turnover where he stepped on the sideline there. Porter gets a hand on the ball on the cross-court yeah. pass. It kind of uh, just uh, readjusted the way that CJ had to catch the ball. He stepped on the baseline. Porter was great last night. He definitely outplayed CJ McCollum, and I think that's a huge reason the Nuggets got the win. Yeah, Lili, very solid play. Would that be in the mix for a very solid play? Just a cross-court pass oh, from Jokic or two yeah, seconds? For me, yes, but I don't know how you would take that, Skeetsy. Because, you know, the thing is, having watched so many of them, he does that quite a lot, oh, yeah. that pass, where he is sort of there, he's posting up, and then on the weak side, he sees someone in the corner and he just hits that guy right in the pocket. Uh, and again, I think that's a, an advantage at his size that he can sort of see over the defenders like that. But still to make it and to nail it, to get that guy the ball in his spot is incredible. Uh, and then, in you double know, overtime, having yeah. played 40-plus minutes, being a giant dude, every single possession is going through him he's doubled in that one and to the point where he's like he's like directing traffic too right because yeah. he calls gordon th- like he basically calls him through he's like okay come on through and then he knows he's just thinking ahead okay we're gonna skip this over to michael porter it's 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 amazing uh and what a show task i mean really like lillard deservedly so getting a lot of the headlines with 55 i mean that is not many guys in nba history have scored 55 in a playoff game it's it's very few but then to have Jokic, the mvp going from basically a 40, um, you know, 38 in the end. Like, that, that double overtime, when those two were the guys, like, trading baskets and, like, nobody else was scoring at that point, it was awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it seems like decades ago where people were questioning Nikola Jokic and just his drive and his passion. I mean, the guts that he has to not only make that pass, but they had to inbound so many freaking times after Damian Lillard was hitting shot after shot after shot. And Nikola Jokic was the guy taking it out a lot of the time. And he would just chuck it in the backcourt. It's just freaking risky. You know, it could be run down by a blazer yeah. for a layup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he had the guts to throw it to Monte Boris every time. Like, he's just on the playground. Like, I don't give a... F-. You know, this is going to the guy that I'm passing it to. And it worked out every time uh, because he was a freaking amazing. So, yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, a very different uh, experience watching either way. Dame just getting the ball at the three-point line and, and banging it home, and then Jokic on the other side just doing everything he needed to do. And you could see he was gassed at some points. Uh, everybody you know, running at him with a double team, and some possessions were kind of ugly. And, and I think Michael Malone yeah, would be getting killed if oh. uh, if they lost this game. Like, you know, Monte Morris misses a layup at the end of the first oh. overtime after having a phenomenal game. Monte Morris, a freaking hero. He had 28 points. He was their second leading scorer, you know, besides Jokic and Porter. Without him, they obviously lose. Yeah. Uh, but he could have sealed the game with the layup. And, and then to fight back after that point, I thought, okay. I mean, that's great. First overtime, you fight back, Nuggets. But then, what a deflating layup miss. Uh, but, you know, Robert Covington gave it back with a couple misses on his end. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the question, I guess, is was coming out of everybody's mouth was, why don't you intentionally foul Michael Malone? Just foul Damian Lillard somewhere on the floor. And I How get could that. you not, though? How could you not? Now, I'm happy he didn't. I saw that tweet. You're right, Tass. Like, the last thing we'd actually want is we wouldn't have any of these amazing Lillard shots if we just had the yeah. foul uh, the foul game there and the free throws. Yeah. How could anybody crazy. want that other than yeah. Nuggets fans? Like yeah. everybody else in the world, 
You just got to watch Damian Lillard do it over and over and over again. I mean, ban the intentional foul. I hate it. I hate the intentional <laughs> foul. I get like the the one at the end of regulation where he didn't, where, where they ended up going away from Austin Rivers after the foul because he had five fouls. So they throw Michael Porter Jr. on him, which is crazy. Michael Porter Jr. couldn't stay on the floor last year uh, because of his defense. Then he's out there on the perimeter, and he should have guarded him tighter. He should have. It, it was like he was guarding him in the first quarter, keeping him away from the lane. He has to yeah. shoot a three. Yeah. Uh, but I get not fouling him there because, you know, he could come up and especially a kind of a lanky guy like Michael Porter Jr. He could foul him. It could be a four point play. It could be game. So That's I get not Michael fouling Malone him there. That's what Michael Malone said. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a veteran. One, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, there's, a, there's a risk either way there, of course. You know, like if you foul him and he does miss one of the free throws and it works. But if you foul him and he hits a three and makes it a four-point play, then uh, people kill him either way. But, yeah, it, it's uh, I'm glad they didn't anyway. I'm just glad because we get to just see another ridiculous Damian Lillard playoff shot. Uh, just wild, wild stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a poison pen there for uh, Michael Malone because it's like everyone's like, you've got to foul, you've got to foul, you've got to foul. But, you know, he chose not to. And, uh, and I respect that that was a decision he made. <laughs> in the end, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. He is choosing not to foul the guy who has proven, I don't know, in this game alone three or four times, and then in other series three or four times in his history, he might be the most clutch three-point shooter. Like, I'm sure, like, right there with Curry, but maybe even more because he's got, the, like, the instances where he's actually come through and ended series on game-winning buzzer beater. That would be the one guy to do it. Well, the end of the, end of the first on. overtime. They had a chance. He was inside yeah. the three-point line. At the That's end of the, the first overtime. The end of the first overtime. That's that exactly when you need to follow him. There's would, no doubt about it. He is very lucky, Mike Malone, is uh, that they, uh, the, of course, they pulled this out. Uh, it, I mean, he said just, we yeah. won and lost this game so many times before ultimately winning it. Spot on. But there were other things, too, Tass. Like, I thought the Blazers were going to win this because there was a bunch of weird, unforced errors by the Nuggets, like down the stretch. Remember, Millsap missed like a bunny inside. Yeah. Like, you're like, dunk it, bud. What are you doing? Yeah, like the littlest, shortest bunny. He just misses. Should have dunked it, like Trey said. They had a brutal turnover. I believe it was Aaron Gordon. He just couldn't make an entry pass into Jokic. Like just sloppy. Yeah. Like come on, what are you doing? He missed some free throws. Lee Gordon did, and then of course all these decisions not to foul um, by Malone and, and the Nuggets. But whatever. I mean, they pulled it out in the end. And Morris was huge. Rivers was huge. And Michael Porter Jr. Uh, was uh, massive there with that three pointer in the corner. All because of everything goes through Jokic. I want to see Jokic play football. I want to see Jokic play cornhole. Like the touch that this guy has to put like that. He's just knows the lob factor, right? Just maybe it's the water polo uh, skills that he picked up along the way. But it's, I mean. God, make him a quarterback. Like, let put him in the CFL. I just like give him a summer in the CFL. See what he can do. Maybe he could be the next Randy Johnson, a seven footer on the mound, just mm. twirling up there, striking sure. fear in the hearts of all the batters. He's amazing, man. The guy can manipulate. He manipulates the court from the post the way most guards do in the pick and roll. Mm. And that's the incredible thing is that he's able to guide people to the right places, and his teammates know the right places to cut. So that Jokic can get a good shot for his team pretty much every single possession. Yeah, what a win. Uh, I'll give you the stats here. Teams in Denver's position in a best-of-seven series, so they hold home court advantage and they're up 3-2 entering a road game six, have won the series 90% of the time, quite high, including 51% in game six on the road. So they'll play uh, on Thursday, I believe, in Portland. 
What's your gut say, Lee? Uh, you know, did the did the Blazers really blow this one in, in the sense that nobody could help out Dame just enough to get this Game 5 victory and they might falter here in Game 6 and who knows what Jokic has in store? Or does this still scream 7 to you? Zaza's going to be screaming to us on Friday morning, yeah. I'm sure about it. Yeah, I, I just, Game 7, uh, baby. Okay. I, just, I, I feel that those guys for the Blazers are like, man, we can't let Dame down again, certainly at home. You know what Lillard's going to do. It's been a great series. It's been a tight series. I can't see the Blazers losing at home in Game 6 to end their series. I think we've got a Game 7 coming up. Okay, well, let's hope so. What, what do you think, Tass? Same thing? Can Denver... I mean, obviously, Denver, these teams are close, and at times there's not a lot of defense, and uh, it is sort of like who's just... Uh, who catches fire, who's hot, uh, especially from three in most games in the playoffs with all uh, with both teams. Like, Denver could win this, but do you think it goes back to, uh, to altitude? <laughs> back yes. up the mountains? Yeah. Back, back on the Altitude Network, uh, for sure, yeah. Uh, actually, the Nuggets broadcasters were getting a little spicy with each other. I was watching this on the Nuggets broadcast. Chris Marlowe and Scott Hastings were just getting a little testy with each other. Uh, I guess <laughs> it's been it, a long season, I guess. It was a long game, definitely a long game. Uh, yeah. They are just like, you got a foul! And Scott yeah. Hastings oh. was like, Come, I, you know, he's just hitting shots from everywhere. But what? <laughs> but look at him! Look at him there! You have to foul. They're bringing Shaquille Harrison out. He doesn't know he's guarding him. They're getting mad at each other. I get right. it. Uh, but I think they go back to Portland. And uh, Portland, I guess the the bench comes through. Like we're we're kind of we have so many things to talk about. We're skipping over Carmelo Anthony's game off the bench. He was just bad. He was, bad. Uh, he was just couldn't get a handle on the ball. He had a couple. Uh, couple bad turnovers mm-hmm. there so yeah. i think i think the nuggets bench will come through at home they got seriously outplayed uh did i say the blazers the blazers bench will, will come through at home nuggets bench outplayed them big time so i think that'll happen um and let's just let's just hope that if the good game wherever it's being played whether it's on nba tv whether it's on altitude tv just put it on the big network mm. like stop showing us lakers sons stop it just stop it. Put the other game on. <laughs> a lot of people in Denver couldn't even watch that game yeah. last night. Yeah. That's uh, honestly a disaster. The best game of the playoffs so far, and you had to have NBA TV to watch it, basically, if you're in Denver. Not great. I'll take the Nuggets, though, in game six. I think yeah. this one's over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jokic so why do, you, why do you say that? Just another Jokic performance here? Every game is the same, it feels like to me. Maybe the role players are different, but there's no stopping Jokic at this point. Uh, He had a bad game four, no doubt about it, but he came back in. Just put the team on his back and said, we're not going to lose this game, despite the fact there's a guy over there scoring 55, hitting every single shot he takes. Special season for me for the Nuggets, and I don't know. I just It's hard to bounce back from losing a 55-point game in double OT after a huge comeback. That's just got to be a blow for the Blazers, and I don't know. Uh, I'll just roll with the Nuggets in Game yeah. 6 here. All right. All right. We will see. That's on Thursday night. Before we uh, move on from this game, Lee, at the last minute here this morning, says, <laughs> I was taking a dump, guys, and I thought a great top five list. So let's get to Lee's top five. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. I'm not lying, am I, Lee? You said you were on the can when this hit you this morning. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, because, uh, you know, re-watching this one this morning, I mean, you, you look at it, you just feel bad for Lillard, but you would have also felt bad for the Nuggets if they'd lost it as well because these two teams are very likable, I think. Uh, but anyway, it got me thinking 
about um, some incredible performances by players in losses in the playoffs. Okay. Uh, so I came up with a pretty quick top five here, just straight off the dome. But uh, I put a little bit, uh, I had to go straight and check a few Straight off the throne? Yeah. <laughs> off the throne in the dome. Okay, at number five, game seven of the East Semis in 1988. Great battle between Dominic Wilkins and Larry Bird. Classic duel. Hawks actually led this series 3-2. Had a chance to close it out in Atlanta, but couldn't do it. Lost game six by two points. And then game seven at the Garden lived up to the hype. Neek finished with 47 points, 16 in the fourth. But the Hawks come up short by two points. Now, that's mm. one of those ones we often see that replayed again because it's just a classic game seven moment. Neek versus Bird. Hawks, you know, should have won. Just couldn't quite get it done in Boston. But, uh, yeah, if you get a chance, just go and watch that fourth quarter. Seeing Larry Larry goes for 20 himself in that fourth quarter. Oh. Uh, Nick hits 16. And it comes down to free throws, actually. Nick misses one on purpose to try to get a possession. Couldn't do it. So uh, that was number five. Number four... Game six of the West Semis in 1987. The Houston Rockets, who had made the finals the season before, had home court advantage against the Supersonics, were down 3-2 in the series. The game is in Seattle. Must win for the Rockets. Kim Olajuwon, 49 points, 25 rebounds, six blocks in a game game that also went to double overtime. But they came up short, so they got eliminated on the back of that huge mm. performance there from Akeem Olajuwon and uh, a, a tough end to their season because they had big dreams on going back to the finals, couldn't do it. At number three, you guys, everyone remembers this one, of course. Game one of the 2018 finals, LeBron 51-8-8. But this game is most famous, of course, because the Cleveland Cavaliers have possession with four oh, yeah. seconds to go. <laughs> J.R. Smith grabbed an offensive rebound on a free throw miss from George Hill. Absolute clunker, by the way. And what does J.R. Smith do? He dribbles out the clock to ensure overtime. Uh, and oh, Smart. Demoralizing. Beat him in overtime. It's right. It's right. The Cavs get, uh, well, they lose by double digits in overtime. Yeah. And, of course, we get that great meme, the classic LeBron meme. He's pointing at uh, J.R. Yeah. Smith. And, ah, uh, oh, man, 51, 8 and 8 for nothing. They end up getting swept as well. Just wonder how maybe that series is different if the Cavs oh. somehow win game one. But uh, Isn't uh, the rumor, too, is that the game where LeBron reportedly uh, punches a wall, a door, and, and oh, then yeah. then maybe hurts his hand, breaks his yeah. hand, whatever it is. He's got the cast on later. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah I think from what I remember as well, that those other three games weren't all that close. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, bit of a tough one. Uh, at number two, one of my favorite games of all time, game six of the 1988 finals, the Pistons lead the Lakers 3-2. Uh, down at halftime in the third quarter, Isaiah Thomas comes out, scores 14 points before he rolls his ankle. Famous scene again where he goes down, he's clutching away. He goes to the locker room, comes back, hobbles around the court, drops another 11 points, finishes with 25 in the third quarter, 43 for the game, along with eight assists and six steals. The Pistons come back and lose the game on some serious home cook and refereeing there. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar gets a wild call, gets the free throw and knocks, this, knocks it in. Uh, the Pistons go on to lose that game by a point. Uh, Isaiah in Game 7, he tries to give it a go. Yeah. He plays 28 minutes, but he's barely able to go in the second half. And the Pistons still nearly come back and win that game. Uh, but they lose Game 6, and then they lose Game 7, and the Lakers repeat. And uh, Isaiah devastated the season before, of course, as he had the steal, uh, Larry Bird steal in the Boston Garden, where they should have won that game. So uh, Isaiah, oh, man, that was tough. But what a performance by him. There's some incredible shot-making when he's only got one leg there. But yeah. I think Hold still... On. I actually... 
I gotta be honest. I always thought that came in a win that game. The nah. twenty-five from uh, Isaiah in the fourth quarter. Wow, on the nah. one angle. No third okay, quarter. Good. Yeah, no nah. third quarter. Nah. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah, came in a loss there. Uh, but again, yeah, look at watch the refereeing in that game and game seven. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, so there's some lucky calls go the way of the Lakers. Uh, but anyway, I, I uh, the the most famous performance I think still it's still a record a double overtime game as well. I think people probably know it. It's Michael's 63 points in the Boston Garden. 22 mm-hmm. for 41 from the field. 19 for 21 from the line. Didn't attempt a three that game. And the Bulls only attempted two themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, just an incredible game. Uh, well, the, the actual performance as well. The game itself moves along a bit slow. Oh, I think enough. it's so overrated, the actual game. Yeah. If you, it, yeah. They show it all the time, of course, on NBA TV. It is a, it's, a, it's a tough watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's um, not a lot of flow to that one. I think the most famous play still is when Jordan basically just like cooks Larry Bird, dribbles between his legs, hits that step back. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous shot. And after the game, Larry Bird uh, quotes as saying that, uh, you know, that was just God disguised as Michael Jordan out there. So, yeah, uh, yeah, the Celtics win that game. Jordan still holds the record, too, for uh, 63 points in a game. And you said earlier, Skeetsy, about um, people who have scored 55 in a game. Mm -hmm. Not that many. Not that many. Uh, Elgin Baylor I'll just run through Charles Barkley Wilk Chamberlain and Lillard there last night oh, obviously Alan Iverson actually too and Rick Barry uh, a guy scored 57 in the bubble in the playoffs last Donovan year Donovan Mitchell yeah Donovan Mitchell yeah, yeah. 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 so uh, there you go there's a little quick top five uh, after you're last good with game. your thumbs on the toilet man you yeah. type that all out <laughs> no I like to picture him sitting on the toilet door open it comes into his mind. Oh, this would be a good time. Hey, Roxy! <laughs> Roxy, can you grab a pad? Grab a pen? And Y'all are crazy thinking it. that Lee even wrote this down. These are four games from the 1980s yeah, and a game from yeah. three years ago. These are like locked in his yeah. brain easily. He could have been on the toilet as long as Skeets is and he could have come up with this. <laughs> well, so, certainly uh, the Jordan and the uh, Isaiah one sort of popped into the dome. And then I was like, hmm, something there. There's something there. Sure. Uh, I remember Elijah one had some monster games. I didn't remember that one came in and lost that monster one, but I was like, yes, there's one for me. Oh, perfect. <laughs> right. I love it. Great top five, Lee. Uh, good stuff. Let's keep it going here. We do have some big Celtics news. We'll get to that in a second. Let's uh, still focus on the games, and then we'll uh, get to the net Celtics game, and I'm sure we can start talking about the big news that's dropping here while we're doing this show. But we did have... The Suns dismantling the Lakers, 115-85. to Not a typo to take the 3-2 series lead last night. Uh, crazy, crazy stuff. It was sort of over in a hurry. Um, Lee, get us, get us started. What's your big takeaway? No, obviously, uh, no Anthony Davis uh, for the Lakers, and they could have used him last night, I guess. Yeah, uh, shocking to see how early this one was over. Um, you know, the, the Suns really did destroy them. But the big question, of course, is going to be Chris Paul's health because he took another knock there to that shoulder in the third quarter and didn't come back. Now, the team, the game was pretty much in hand as well. So you're hoping that was more that there was like, there's no point in running him out there. But the way that he clutched at that shoulder again, like, because uh, it was the same sort of play. Well, similar. It was no, hold on, hold on. He caused that. Chris Well, Paul okay, it doesn't matter if he did uh, or not. I mean, I mean it's... Sure. I, I, okay. I don't really feel bad for him on this one because it's like you can see he looks back, he wants to figure out where Wesley Matthews is, like on the rebound situation, and then in classic Chris Paul form, he's sort of like, well, I'm just gonna like create a bunch of contact here. It was like, why, man? You're up 33 points. First off, why are you even playing? Probably you're right. But then you're out there, like I don't know. I almost thought there was a bit of an acting job going on with this one with Chris Paul. I hope he's not severely injured, and I think he's gonna play in the next game. But like, that was on him. It, in my opinion, there was well. Like, that's that certainly that is, is the way Chris Paul does. He does like that. He chucks himself contact. into guys. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, so, okay, yeah, maybe we can blame it on him, but whether or yeah. not he plays now is the big question because sure. I think Anthony Davis absolutely plays in game six no matter what now because I think this was the one they, they've tried to rest him and hope he'd be okay. Whether or not he's healthy is a different story, but that's really could be what it comes down to. If Anthony Davis can play and if Chris Paul can't play, then uh, it's going to be tough to see it not going at least seven games. But full credit here to the Phoenix Suns for hanging in there because I think we all, well, I, I certainly did when uh, Chris Paul went down and they were down uh 2-1 in LA. I thought this is over. This is there's no question. The, the Lakers. There's just too much experience, and LeBron's out there. He's going to uh, carry this series home. And he had a good game there in the third quarter last night, but he was not happy in the fourth quarter. And uh, the Suns. I mean, the Suns destroyed them. Absolutely yeah. destroyed them. And you can't really take anything away from uh, that, even though Anthony Davis wasn't playing. So this is a fascinating series. I, man, does it go seven now? I mean. <laughs> Oh, is he a LeBron in a Game 7? Would anyone pick against him after what we saw in Game 5? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. This is a, this is a wild <laughs> series. But um, I just hope Chris Paul can play because if he can't play, uh, I just would feel bad for the Suns. Because, again, he only had, I think, nine points and six assists last night, but he just looked better. That shot was there. He was passing the ball. He was moving around with confidence. So if he's done something to self-inflict an injury on himself to re-injure it, then uh, that's pretty dumb of him but uh we'll see there's only two days as well there's only it's a thursday yeah. night uh the game so that, he hasn't got a lot of time here to, to rest and recover yeah one win the suns are um from becoming the first team in 15 tries to send lebron packing in the first round tk can they do this that was awesome booker was amazing campaign was incredible he couldn't miss uh and they like they were up 30 at the half it was over in a hurry yeah, uh, they've already, the Suns already have a nice feather in their cap. This is the first time LeBron has lost consecutive first round playoff games. Now they got him on the brink of losing his first first round series. Interesting stuff. That feel out game one, that could end up costing the Lakers here. You can't just give away games in the playoffs, especially against a good team like uh, the Suns. But I thought Booker was great last night. Really slammed the door, came out, I think, 18 points in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. He was looking to get cooking pretty quickly, getting into the offense quickly, and the Lakers just looked a step slow. They got out to that big lead, and then they played uh, the Suns' very good defense, I thought, just clogging the lane, just putting bodies in the lane so that every time LeBron was driving in there, there was so much traffic, he had to wrap passes around, guys. There were a lot of uh, shot attempts he took that just looked awkward for LeBron, where he's like kind of falling away from the hoop, trying to spin it up. Obviously, the guy can make them, but just not the strong finishes were always expecting from LeBron. He just, he said after the game, we got our asses kicked. That's exactly what happened. 24 points on 19 shots. That's not good enough for LeBron in a game like this. He's got an elimination game coming up next. He's got to have a 40, especially if you're getting nothing from Dennis Schroeder. 0 for 9 last night, no points. And he's having trouble figuring out how the Suns are guarding him because they're ready for him to take a shot. They're like, okay, take a jumper. He doesn't want to, uh, but... That's part of the reason that the Suns are able to hang out in the paint, make things tough for LeBron. They're going to need Anthony Davis back for game six, and that's kind of a scary thing to think when you saw some of the pregame footage of Anthony Davis walking around looking like he was Charles Barkley out there. Guy was moving (laughs) slow. I don't know how much better he gets in a couple of days, but they need something from him. Yeah, Tass, what was uh, your big takeaway from this dominant Suns victory? Well, uh, you know, my first inclination is to talk about LeBron because he is... LeBron, and uh, I, I will never bet against him losing a series until it actually happens because he's earned that for sure. But 
Phoenix won this game. L.A. didn't lose this game. Phoenix just simply kicked their ass, uh, like LeBron said. They came out on fire and made the Lakers do what they wanted. And so that was that was them imposing their will. Now, I'm still taking the Lakers in, in game six with Anthony Davis. I know it's nuts, but I'm not going to bet against LeBron, even though he's never been down 3-2 in a series uh, in the first round. And this is, this is looking like, uh, yeah, a bit like... You know, the 2019 finals where they don't have a guy. The Warriors didn't have Kevin Durant. They don't have Anthony Davis if he's not healthy. But I, I, I still, uh, even though the Lakers looked terrible, I'm not betting against them because, uh, you know, the, the Suns looked, obviously, they looked great. Devin Booker, to me, looked like he took on the, the stone-faced persona of LeBron James that we were all expecting. He was just, mm-hmm. he wasn't joking coming out of the gate. And, uh, you know, Chris Paul or not, Chris Paul yeah, falls on a box out. That's a box out. It happens. Uh, he got mad, uh, but uh, I, I, you know, I love the passion of the Suns team, man. They, uh, they, they, they got performances from everybody. They know what they're doing. Uh, yeah, LeBron obviously needed Dennis Schroeder to come through. I'm not sure what what's going on with Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Trey's right. I mean, they have. They have a guy in the lane there that he has to shoot over. And usually when you see Dennis Schroeder get it going, uh, you know, he the defense moves side to side and he gets a layup because the defense is, is concentrating on other guys. But uh, Dennis Schroeder turned down four for 84 uh, a, a couple months ago, and he's just got to be better. He can't go over uh, after turning down four for 84. They, I mean, they just got their asses handed to them and uh, it was just it was so so strange to see LeBron not go to the free throw line once uh in this game uh but uh I think they bounced back in game six just 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 because simply uh you know LeBron will get help Anthony Davis has to take the floor in game six what about Montrose Harrell will Vogel do something crazy and like start him give him more minutes like for some energy uh maybe uh they start like normal. I mean, this is the idea that AD's playing. We don't know that for sure. He may not. Like Trey said, it didn't look great, him walking around. Could that be an option? Like, would that be vocal panicking? Do you try that at this point, Lee? I mean, you got to win. Uh, yeah. and, and, you, and some energy would, would help. Like, look, all the Lakers guards were garbage last night. All of them. I mean, I know we can pile on Truder. He was horrible. KCP was also injured. He he played, what, 15 minutes? He didn't do much of anything. Caruso was missing shots. Wesley Matthews missing shots. Uh, who the hell else am I forgetting? There's another Lakers guard in the mix. Ben McLemore. Ben McLemore, yeah. He got in some burn there, obviously. Over. Down big. Yeah, so nobody played well, uh, especially on the perimeter. But could that be an option, Lee, fr- from Vogel there with Montrose Harrell? Or is that yeah. insane? No, no, it's, it's an option because whatever Montrez gives you back on the defensive end, and that's really where he gets exposed a lot, on the offensive end, he's hustle, he's hard work, he can just energize a team. And especially for a guy who's not happy about his role at the moment as well, he can either pout or he can say, listen, this is why I should be out there. Because mm-hmm. uh, he does have that ability to get tip-ins and put-backs and dunk and just you know bring some uh, life to a team that really is struggling to find and generate offense. He's not going to hit the three, he's not going to uh, shoot in that, but he is... He is going to get tip-ins. He's going to contest uh, those rebounds. And that's kind of what they need. They have to increase their uh, um, uh, competitiveness. You know, that's something like Greg Popovich talks about 
with uh, with his teams. That that's where I think the Lakers right now are, are just struggling a little bit. They don't seem to have that same fight. They certainly didn't have it last night because if you're dropping, if you're down 30 in the first half, there's clearly something wrong with your uh, mental approach to the game. So, uh, and yeah, I mean, if you're Frank Vogel, you have to try something, and uh, especially if Anthony Davis isn't yeah. out. I mean, I, I would certainly uh, start him over Marcus Gasol. I mean, Marcus Gasol can spread the floor. He's a different type of big man. But I think that's the thing with Trez is. Uh, he gives you he gives you some life out there, uh, even if it's only for four or five minutes, and mm-hmm. you know, and he doesn't get lit up on the defensive end. That could be just something that gets the Lakers going, and um, you know, because the Suns have never been in this situation, of course, where they have a chance to close out a game. And even though some of those Lakers haven't either, they still have LeBron, they still have home. So I think the Lakers deserve to be favourite going into that game, uh, and and you know, put the Suns under pressure early on. They don't want to be having to chase the Suns around. Uh, that wouldn't be a great situation, but. Yeah, I mean, Frank Vogel's being, uh, he's having some angry people tweet at him too on yeah. uh, Twitter, which is, I mean, that's what happens though. That's what happens when, when you, you coach you the Vogel Lakers. you think Vogel was up all night reading all the tweets people were Well, probably, probably. Yeah. But, you know, we, look, when you coach the Lakers and people think as well, you should just sort of stroll past that first round, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to get in line for some fire there. And uh, Frankie's probably feeling it a little bit though. Which is so silly, I mean, <laughs> that people did is. think that because this is a 2-7 matchup, but it, yeah. it's not the Lakers as the 2 seed, you know, with the... It is the Suns who had a really good regular season. Uh, I mean, a lot of us here thought this would go along. And most of us, I think all of us still took the Lakers. I had Lakers in seven and still in play, of course. But Jesus, this is a scrappy Suns bunch. And they had an awesome night in Phoenix in terms of basketball. Not only Devin Booker and uh, his squad kicking the snot out of the Lakers. Did you see... uh, Phoenix Mercury's Kia Nurse hitting like a 30-foot oh, yeah. buzzer-beating bomb in the WNBA. Like Holy a Eurostep too, yeah, wasn't that? What sort of, yeah, what a shot that was yeah. uh, at the buzzer. So good night uh, for Phoenix basketball. Unbelievable shot. If you haven't seen that clip, go fire up that one on your Twitter. Hey, maybe Vogel was just looking at that on Twitter all night. Wow, that's a nice shot from Kia Nurse. Canadian, by the way. Homer. Okay. Uh, also from this game, before we get to the Celtics-Nets and the big news with Boston, uh, we had a wedgie, guys. It had been mm. well, our first wedgie. Of the postseason, uh, Etwan Moore, uh, late in this one. I mean, it was blowout, but uh, there it is. He stuck the three-point wedgie from the wing. It was good. We had Harlan uh, dropping a wedgie. Or, I mean, it was a poor old impersonation, but it was a good Harlan call. Uh, just said wedgie. That was it. But there it is, 55 as we continue to set uh, a record-breaking season for wedgies. Even even Harlan and uh, Grant Hill wanted to watch the Nuggets and uh, Blazers game on <laughs> <Yeah>. the court. <laughs> yeah. Switch over to that one, yeah. yeah. So uh, maybe you're right there, Tess. Maybe they should just say, you know what, we're out of this game. We're just going to uh, bump the other one up. I just mean. show it. We can <laughs> all sit at home and choose what game we watch. Let's jump into the 21st century. Just put it on the TV. Put it on. Like, okay. it doesn't matter what network it's on. I get the NBA TV thing. That's dumb. But even on TNT, just show the better game. And maybe we can jump back to the Lakers-Suns uh, when it's a 20-point game, you know, if, right. if, if they think it looks like they're coming back. Of course, everybody wanted to watch that game. Grant Hill TBS? loves basketball. Throw TBS in the mix. For sure. sure. Why don't they TV. ever get any games? They only get games during March Madness. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they've got uh, the programming, but... I don't know what's a what's a show that's on TBS. Impractical Jokers. Oh come on, they're on twenty four hours a day. We can take them off for three hours to watch a basketball game. No, I'm with you. I saw Zilla wrote this morning that it was a fun experience watching the little uh, ticker up in the corner of the screen where Phoenix's lead kept growing while we're watching Jokic versus Dame. You're like, well, what's going on in this game? Not that you're flipping over because you're like, this is amazing what you're watching here in uh, Denver. But I was like, whoa, 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 wow, what's the score here? By the time you got over there, I was like, oh. This game's over. Unbelievable performance. All right, guys. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. 
Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10 minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60 minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. All right, let's go to one of the series that ended last night, and that was the Celtics. Coming up short, yeah, Nets heading to the second round, beat the Celtics 123-109 in Game 5, and there's been some fallout here uh, with Boston. Uh, It was breaking here during the show, but just quickly with the game, Celtics put up a fight. I mean, no Jalen Brown, of course, no Kemba Walker in this one, no Robert Williams, so there's (laughs) three of their starters and they kept it somewhat close, I guess, Lily. They had it to within eight points, I think it was, with about eight minutes to go. And that's when, you know, the, the Nets avalanche was triggered because you had Durant hitting a three, then Tatum turned it over, then Kyrie hit another three. So now you're up 14, uh, you know, mere 40 seconds, 50 seconds later. Fournier didn't score, but then you had Harden answering with a three, and then Bruce Brown scored inside, and just like that, you know, they ripped off an 11-2 run in about 90 seconds, and it's a 17-point lead, and it's over, and now the Nets move on. But the big news with Boston, and I think you have the tweet, JD, because I accidentally put it up while you were uh, <laughs> talking about <laughs> Babel. My bad. <laughs> I thought I could just press on it so I could read it, but uh, oh yeah, I forgot. Um, Boston head coach. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Jesus, man. I'll remove it. There we go. Boston's head coach, Brad Stevens, is planning to transition from his current role into becoming the new head coach of basketball operations of the Celtics. This is from Shams, by the way, with The Athletic. Danny Ainge plans to resign from his role as Celtics president. So, wild stuff here. Uh, Ainge out, and Brad going to be moving over into his position. Lili, uh shocking, to say the least. Very shocking, yeah. Uh, Danny Ainge has been there a long time, uh, but he's been uh, taking a lot of criticism as well because the Celtics, who have made the conference finals three of the last four seasons, fell off this year. But uh, obviously in the playoffs here, they've been without Jalen Brown. But I think a lot of people were expecting much better from Danny Ainge considering the assets he's been able to accumulate over the years. But they've got some serious problems in the middle. They don't really have a center. Like, well, I mean, they got Robert Williams is okay, but they uh, let themselves down there. And uh, players like Gordon Hayward has left left that team. Uh, you know, I mean, he was traded out, but or uh, what was it in the end? A sign and trade? Or no, he just opted out of his contract in the end there. Um, and Kyrie Irving, obviously, he left as well. So they've had the players come in, but they haven't been able to sort of stick to them. And um, I guess Danny Ainge just decided uh, it was time to move on. Interesting, though, that Brad Stevens, I mean, I'm guessing he's not going to be the coach then. 
uh, right. placed on this. Yeah. Um, so he's going into that that role, which is, uh, you know, it's a completely different role. And, uh, you know, to take that over straight away is going to be difficult for him. But maybe he's been transitioning behind the scenes or something like this before. It. Who knows? Uh, so a bit of a shock there from uh, from the Boston Celtics. People are throwing out some names there for the, who's going to be their coach. Uh, but I, I don't think we need to sort of go too deep into that right now. But uh, it's a good team to go to because you've got Tatum and Brown there, still young players locked up. So you've got some great talent there. It's really what they're going to do with Kemba Walker. That's the big problem because he didn't play last night. He's been injured so much this season in and out of the lineup. He's got a big contract. I think he's still got $70 million left on that deal. Um, and that's that's really uh, you just I'm not sure you can rely on Kemba Walker. Can you trade him at this point with that much on there? Possibly, but uh, that's going to be the big job I think for uh, Brad Stevens hiring a new coach and then uh, getting a better backcourt help and getting some better help in the middle. What do you think, Tass? Well, you know, just from uh, if you if you look at it simply, you'd say, well, Brad Stevens, that's a, a heck of a lot of responsibility to take on in the front office. But I imagine he's got. Uh, a general manager who's going to be working beside him and maybe even making uh, a lot of the decisions that has a ton of experience. And uh, there's Mike Zarin as an assistant GM in the Celtics front office. And in total transparency, I know Mike Zarin knows the show. He may, I'm not going to say he likes the show. I'm not going to say he loves no dunks, <laughs> but he knows of no dunks. Right, so I'm going to cheer for Mike Zarin to get a promotion and to be in that general manager position uh, because obviously Brad Stevens uh, needs somebody with a, a, a heck of a lot of knowledge in that spot. He can't just go from uh, coaching the, the X's and O's to being in the front office. Obviously, the Celtics know that. So, uh, yeah, it hasn't worked out in terms of getting the superstar that they've always wanted. They, they keep going uh, and they keep reaching and, and they and they find, hey, they got Kyrie Irving for Isaiah Thomas. That was a, a heck of a trade, uh, but that you know hasn't worked out. The Kemba thing hasn't worked out since then. Of course, it's a very appealing coaching job very very appealing coaching job uh, but yeah the Celtics and Brad Stevens and whoever else is in that front office they're kind of starting from uh, a square one in terms of all those asses in terms of the draft picks because the cupboard is now it's kind of bare it's kind of uh, you know back to square one all those picks that um, that they acquired over the last decade or so you know since since they were the Celtics on top of the world and they traded Paul Pierce and and Kevin Garnett, those assets are gone. Now it's, uh, it's a new regime, and uh, uh, it's, uh, yeah, quite interesting. I mean, Brad, he kind of looked <coughs> tired now thinking about it. He looked tired on the sideline, you know, and he was praising the, uh, the Nets and, and how great they were, and people were getting on him for doing that. Uh, yeah, just wanted to do something new, I guess, and the Celtics have uh, a lot of faith in him. So that's a big role, though. It's a big role. The Celtics are should be. Uh, and will be a, a playoff team for a long time. But they definitely disappointed this season. They had a lot going on in that locker room uh, with a lot of guys in and out of the lineup. But, yeah, an appealing situation for both the front office and uh, on the bench. It's shocking maybe, Trey, just how quickly they've made this decision after losing last night. Their, se- their season ended last night, and uh, suddenly, obviously, Danny Ainge is gone, and now Brad Stevens moving on, and they'll need a new coach. It's like, how long was this in place is uh, – interesting to me i guess like has this been the what was going to happen for weeks now months now or was this all uh, very sudden with uh, danny ainge deciding he wants to resign or whatever happens with him there in the organization what do you think yeah let's piece it together here a little bit yeah Skeets. uh Woj has a tweet that says brad stevens has been described as worn down with coaching since the bubble and welcomed the chance to make the transition to the front office kind of like what tass was saying looks like he's a little tired there on the bench and ready for a new challenge 
Fair enough, Chris Haynes over at Yahoo Sports is reporting that Celtics players were informed last night that this move could be going down today. Obviously, it did go down today, so I don't know. It's been a strange season for the Celtics. Uh, They've had a nice run of success here after the trade, uh, the Paul Pierce-Kevin Garnett trade, three conference finals in four years, uh, a surprising season kind of last year, I would say, and for the first time... It felt like this was the year they didn't respond to adversity, right? Like, Mm -hmm. think back to when Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward were Celtics. Those guys went out with injuries, but the young guys stepped up and made humongous plays and humongous strides, and the development was all there. There was a lot of injuries, a lot of time missed for the Celtics this year, but they weren't able to kind of make it up, you know? The chemistry wasn't there, the, the cohesion as a team wasn't there, and it just was odd to see from a Celtics team that we've seen recover time and time and time again and kind of outplay their expectations for the past four seasons. That was not the case this year, and obviously it just wore on everybody, and I don't know, at this point you gotta think, yeah, they got Jason Tatum out of all these trades. Is that enough for all of these moves Danny Ainge was making and that huge asset trove that they had back in the day? You know, they brought in all NBA players in Kyrie Irving and Al Horford. They brought in Gordon Hayward. That was a huge signing. Obviously, he got hurt right away, but he became an all-star again. I don't know. Danny Ainge, it feels like we've been talking for years. They got so close. There were always so many trades they could make. They never really mm-hmm. made the trades, and they just kept getting very close Getting very close, falling a little bit short, and now they're moving on to another guy who's his, a first-time GM, despite the fact that, yeah, he's going to have help. Maybe it'll be Mike Zarin. Brad Stevens has a huge job to do here, and things are going to be tough because, like we're saying, Brown and Tatum, those guys are locked in. Yeah. Who else is going to be around? We don't know at this point. Yeah, fascinating to see who gets the coaching job here, too. Who are some of the names? Come on, Lee, tease me being thrown around. I mean, I, the stream team basically throws out every name. I saw yeah. Phil Jackson for crying out loud. <laughs> I had a good laugh about that one. Shout out to Hootsky for that one. But uh, who else? That's maybe more realistic. Well, Chris Haynes uh, was reporting that Lloyd Pierce and Jason Kidd are uh, apparently in consideration. Okay, so, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, I mean, we know Jason Kidd certainly wants the coach again. He's made that very, very clear. Um, interesting sort of history. He's had two coaching jobs already in Brooklyn and Milwaukee and neither ended all that well for him. Uh, has clashed with the front office. So uh, not sure how well that will sort of carry over if he was to be considered. And Lloyd Pierce, obviously, look, when Lloyd Pierce got fired, I, will, I was on record saying it was a bad move. I thought he was a good coach and deserved to at least see the season out. I have since been proven wrong. Nate McMillan has done a fantastic job, and I don't think the Hawks would be in this position if Lloyd Pierce was there. So I think this actually really hurts Lloyd Pierce's chances of getting another job because it was like maybe he was holding back some of those younger players. So that might uh, count against him. But he's also only had one head coaching position. He's a young guy, uh, and he's got some ideas. So maybe he just needs a new team and a new situation. But... uh, um, yeah, I, I'm sure there'll be plenty of other names thrown around. Uh, because I got as- one. I got an idea. Especially after what he's gone through over the last couple of days. What about Lucky the Leprechaun? <laughs> you know, that'd be a nice, like, sort of olive branch after getting stepped on. Yeah, sure. Why Tough not? Shot Why not? A real man. Yeah. No, there'll be no, there'll be no shortage <laughs> he is of a real uh, man. You're right. quality candidates, though, I think, because it is, it is an attractive position there when you've got, uh, you've got certainly two studs. Uh, and you expect there'll probably be, you know, I, I expect someone like Marcus Smart maybe will be moved on, and if they can get someone, uh, you know, another vet in return, it's a, still a, a, an enticing position. So I don't mm-hmm. think the Celtics have to make a decision uh, today or tomorrow on that front. 
Okay. Yeah, you keep saying it's an enticing position, but their coach didn't want to coach him. That's the interesting thing to me. Brad Stevens locked up, going to still be a Celtic. He just decided, I'm good on coaching. I would <laughs> yeah, rather I mean, decide what to do. How long was he? He must have been there six seasons at least, uh, Brad Stevens. So. I, I mean, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and maybe uh, that's a thing. Maybe he just sort of got to the point where, look, Larry Bird said all the way back, he said three years you get as a coach and then your voice starts just sort of, your players just start tuning you out. And maybe Brad Stevens felt that a bit as well, where he was like, the guys aren't listening to me anymore. You know, because Brad Stevens as well has a, had a good college uh, reputation. But I think as well, sometimes, you know, for guys who, who never played in the NBA, sometimes I think it can be a little bit difficult for them. Now, there are exceptions, of course. Greg Popovich has had a fantastic coaching career. But I think sometimes Brad Stevens, he's, he, what, he's only 37 or 38 years old. He's pretty young. You know, maybe he doesn't uh, quite command the same respect as some of those other guys who have played and have been around. Now, Lloyd Pierce never played. Jason Kidd did. He's a Hall of Famer. So, uh, you know, maybe that will help. Who knows? But, um, you know, I think I think Larry Bird was right in what he said as well. I think sometimes after a while, it just, it just it's like the same old thing. How many different ways can you motivate guys when you aren't winning championships in that time? Yeah. Well, the first year that, like Trey said, they didn't respond to adversity. Brad Stevens saw that he kind of lost the room. They weren't playing to... Uh, the way he demanded it, so he took a step back. I, I do think it is uh, an attractive position, you know, regardless of what one guy decides. Uh, yeah, Brad Stevens uh, apparently is 44. Uh, oh, so wow. He's been, he's, yeah, he's been there for a long time. No, he time. looks 25. Yeah. Yeah. Eight years. Eight years. Eight, eight years, years. Wow. Eight, eight years, yeah. So he it, must it be one of, the, one of the most longest-tenured coaches, right, no in the doubt. league. It's like Spo, yeah. Pop, uh, Rick Carlisle, and is that it? <laughs> then maybe Brad Stevens? <laughs> Am I yeah, forgetting anyone? I think so. It's got to be. Terry yeah. Stotts has got to be Scott, in the Scott, 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 Good yeah. call. Good yeah. call. Yeah, um, Scott, Scott Brooks, I th- well, uh, it's only five years I think he's been there. But I, I remember when he was in OKC, I think he had the record for most games coach one team to have not won a championship. So Brad Stevens must be up in that sort of uh, territory for, for how long he's been coaching a Let's team. Let's go. Top five longest tenured coaches. Here we go. <laughs> right, Play the it. music, JD. All right. All right. Uh, okay, yeah. So we'll just wait to see who, uh, I guess, Brad Stevens in the front, or, uh, front office of the Celtics now uh, decide on who should coach this team with, uh, with Tatum and Brown and whoever other pieces they uh, run back next year. Wow. Wild stuff here. Well, let's... Um, I guess we, we won't go like for a full-on deep dive here into the Nets-Bucks series. Uh, they're going to play game one, the second round uh, semifinals it is, on Saturday. Do we have a time for this one, or the, is that up in the air? Because, you know, we'll be figuring out yeah, possible be... game sevens and yeah. stuff like that. Okay, so we don't know a time yet. It's TBD, but they're playing game one on Saturday. Everybody, of course, super excited for this. Okay, we'll do our deep dive on Friday show to tee it up, but, like, just quickly, Tass, like what matchup or storyline, whatever, are you most excited for in this Nets Bucks uh, second round series? Well, yeah, it's first. It's it's exciting that everybody is excited. You know, people are really, really <coughs> pumped uh, to see this in in round two, and I, I think the best matchup on the floor, which is going to happen over and over and over again. It's Yanis versus Kevin Durant is the most exciting thing. A lot of the times we'll talk about these one on one individual matchups, and a lot of times they don't guard each other. But these two dudes are going to guard each other and just look up and down the rosters. They have to, you know, we talk, you can talk about Drew versus Kyrie, but Drew will also be on James Harden and, and Harden will be on Chris Middleton and, and those will get all mixed up. But Giannis versus Kevin Durant is going to happen over and over and over again. They played uh, a couple times at the end of the season and Giannis blocked Kevin Durant straight up, guarding him one-on-one. That doesn't happen to Kevin Durant ever. Uh, to have a guy who's guarding him block him. So these two long dudes will be guarding each other. So, yeah, just just that uh, off the bat 
and then we can go up and down the rosters and, and think about what's going to happen on, on Friday. Uh, it's exciting, exciting stuff, especially because the Bucks swept in round one. So people are, uh, uh, you know, just as basketball fans, a little bit more amped. Coming into the playoffs, it was Nets, then the Sixers, then everybody else. You know, the Bucks were there, but no one really taking them seriously. But it's great that the Bucks swept the Heat, and now people are super, super pumped. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, KD, Giannis, Harden, Middleton, Kyrie, Drew Holiday, and all the uh, supporting players. Trey, is there one thing you're most excited for? Matchup, storyline, whatever? I just love that it's pretty possible the NBA champion comes from this series. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I mean, the Bucks looked incredible in round one. They answered every single question you could possibly have about them. And like Taz is saying, the star matchups here are just delicious. Giannis and KD is obvious. Drew Probably Kyrie is the the first guy he's sticking. I don't know. Middleton and Harden, the looks are going to change. I also like the little bit of added drama of P.J. Tucker is probably going to get to guard Kevin Durant a little bit. He's got mm. a lot of experience from the Rockets versus Warriors series. But the key is going to be to me, who guards the third Nets star? Giannis and P.J., they're going to get their chance at KD. Drew's going to stick one of Kyrie and Harden. But who's the other guy? Middleton is going to get some turns, obviously. But the Bucks could actually miss Dante DiVincenzo a little bit here in this series. Just because you don't want Chris Middleton to gas out playing defense. Because you still got to outscore the Nets. That's going to be a tough thing to do for Milwaukee. They're going to have to play some sort of defense. And then have enough to give back on the offensive end. To be able to score 120 points almost every single game in this series. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see if Giannis can get going inside against this Nets team. That's been obviously their biggest weak point this series or this season. So if Giannis decides, uh, yeah, I just want to dunk it every single time. (laughs) What are the Nets going to do about that? Who are they going to put on him if that's the case? Because Kevin Durant, he's a good defender, but he doesn't have Giannis's bulk, right? Like if Giannis Mm -hmm. really wanted to, he could shoulder him, shoulder him, shoulder him, shoulder him. Maybe they just go three for two in that scenario, but it's going to be fun to watch. Cannot wait. Yeah, what Nets big sort of gets that uh, that assignment for a good chunk of the game is a great question. I mean, where are we going to see, uh, is DeAndre Jordan going to be dusted off uh, for this series? I mean, is Claxton, you know, because he is a mobile big, is, uh, is he going to get a lot more minutes than this? Can't wait. Uh, what about you, Lee? Same question here. I mean, we got Brooklyn with the best offense in round mm-hmm. one. You got the Bucks with the best defense in round one. Um, something's got to give here. Um, hopefully a long series, but what's it, what are you watching here? And we'll do the, we'll do the official deep dive on Friday, yeah. but tease us. Yeah. Well, yeah, will those three-pointers for? Will we have Bryn Forbes outscoring James Harden in this series? I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen, but what, that's the thing. Was that, was that first-round series of the Bucks just super impressive or were the Heat awful? I mean, I think there's probably a little bit of both in there, but we'll find out in this next series. I think absolutely Drew Holiday picks up Kyrie Irving for the majority of this series. He actually defends him really well. He's just one of those guys who's he's a good matchup for him. So that does mean Middleton, I think, probably has to stop James Harden, which is not going to be easy. Uh, but look, these two teams played two games in Milwaukee just before the regular season ended, and they were both playing to win. This wasn't just to sort of see out the regular season game, uh, a couple of games here, because home court advantage was at stake. Now, the Bucks won both games, but the Nets still ended up with home court advantage because they had a better record and that could be key that could be key to me in this series that uh the <laughs> Nets start at home uh and no that's James where, Harden know, in those games right in both those games I thought he yeah. was playing was he okay yeah. anyway the thing was you know Durant was playing Kyrie was playing they were they were definitely uh trying to win those games they didn't want to concede uh and they lost them both but you know the Bucks were were fantastic I thought in in round one but um you know can they put, do it again can they perform again and 
how will those uh, rotations work? Because DiVincenzo's not there, so that means more Pat Connaughton. Can you rely on him to hit threes? He's done it at times, but uh, how consistent can he be? Can he be the Joe Harris of the uh, Milwaukee Bucks in this series? Because you know Joe Harris is going to get a ton of shots, I think, in this series, and he's a he's a shot maker. So should be fascinating. I'm really excited for this series. I hope we get a, a long, deep series. Do you think the championship <laughs> uh, team comes out of this series? Does your gut say that, Lee? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly from the East, I think the yeah. uh, the Eastern Conference winner. And out West, I mean, uh, yeah, I, just, I mean, the Jazz, uh, the Jazz, and then, yeah, probably, probably. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's tough. Sure. It's yeah. t- well, I tell you what's going to maybe come out of this series, that $100 bet that Tass and I Because <laughs> yeah, I right. need the Bucks to yeah. beat the Nets here in this round yeah. uh, to help my chances to win that $100. And uh, if the Nets win, Tass might be feeling pretty good. They still have one more round to uh Yeah, yeah to but that's the thing. The Whoever they face in that finals yeah yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah feels like this is look the Sixers are good and who knows with Embiid but uh yeah it feels like this is going to be for that least the Eastern Conference uh, mm. finalist here in, in this it, it has the the feeling of that but you never know an injury can change everything in a hurry all right let's take one more break and I know Lee has a very special tweet of the night um so let's hear from uh, our final sponsors here for the show I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. That was uh, smooth ad read transitions for at least the stream team here on YouTube. We went from Tass in his ad read talking about boats to then Trey talking about water, to then Lee, stick with me here, talking about Tibbs, who's always yelling, ice, 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 ice. Mm. (laughs) boats to water to ice. Let's get to Tweet of the Night, Mm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yes, I have Tweet of the Night. And uh, it's actually a DM... (laughs) Instagram uh, a, a message from the night and it comes from a fan uh, whose name's Andrew yeah. and he said hey guys just wanted to share some of the pictures from our engagement photos we took in St. Augustine Florida a couple of weekends ago when I heard I needed both a formal and casual outfit I asked if my casual one could include a no dunks t-shirt and my fiance agreed as she knows I'm a big fan of the show dating back to the late 2000s from the TBJ days wow so let's have a look at something. Oh, 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 yeah. We're a winner of the week. 
<laughs> I mean, there's not anything I can think of that's uh, more Hold romantic. On, that looks fantastic. That it shirt's popping. It's almost yeah. too nice because I'm not looking at your beautiful, uh, you know, bride to be. I'm just focused on your shirt, <laughs> <laughs> which is what every bride wants. Of course. <laughs> yeah, it's I amazing. Know. I know. We got to get these up on Breaking Tea's website as <laughs> yeah, product these shots. Great. These are too good. Oh, they're stepping on the beach. The oh, exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> and look, uh, you know, it checks out as well because look at the smile on his fiance's yeah. uh, face. She's not kind of like, I can't believe I let, you know, you talk me into this. I can't believe you're wearing that shirt while we're getting these photos taken. Instead, she looks like she's really enjoying it there. It looks really romantic. So congratulations, yes. guys. And uh, hey, if you want to impress your fiance, check out some uh, <laughs> cool merchandise we have. <laughs> Over at NoDucks.com. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I feel like we got to hook up Andrew for a wedding gift, uh, something for his wife-to-be. They should get her mm. some No Dunks merch too. Maybe they could reshoot the uh, photos uh, <laughs> after their wedding, throw it over the uh, over the they dress. have a baby, we can give them yeah. a little baby No Dunks sure. outfit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's true love when you're taking engagement photos and you say to your fiancé, yes, you can wear a shirt that says no on it. Mm. <laughs> Good point. Mm. That's True good. love, man. He liked that. Uh, hey, <laughs> Doesn't look, matter. Andrew leaned into the casual vibes. Uh, not just the shirt. He's rocking the flip flops there. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's keeping he's chill, man. Yeah, for sure. That's what you gotta do. You don't wear shoes on the beach. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, congratulations. Uh, thanks for that. That was the DM, uh, tw- uh, Twitter DM mm. of the night or Instagram. What was that coming Instagram. from? Instagram. Someone uh, slid into our Instagram DM. So uh, yeah. Any social media platform works for this segment, so it's great. (laughs) I saw something interesting on Instagram yesterday. Uh, It looked like 2005 Steve Nash was running game down at the park against a few guys. We put up a straight-up hip-hop mix tape of him busting asses down at the park. He's been waiting 18 months to put up a video like this. He's going to be one of those new like uh, IG basketball influencers who just goes from park to park and like films their coolest highlights and puts them out. Who is this guy? I mean, we almost should just like, we're going long here, save it for the beach, get the clips and and you could talk over them, Lee, uh, when we hit the beach later today at 3 p.m. Eastern here live on YouTube. I have so many questions. (laughs) So many. uh, Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, I I was just at the park shooting around. Uh, Yeah, playing basketball. Yeah, Yeah, but but who filmed it? So, so yeah, I mean, you probably think I was like, quick, Sebastian, get the phone, film this. I want you to film this. But uh, I didn't. I didn't. Sebastian picked it up and said, I'll take some photos. I said, sure. I didn't realize he was actually recording the whole thing. Now, it's a little herky-jerky, for sure, because he uh, loves the sort of... I actually think it's not that bad. Well, it's that's different. the thing. He loves the zoom effect. He was just boom, 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 <laughs> bouncing around like that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, there was some other video, like, of Oscar just walking in the middle of the court while we're playing, and I'm yeah. like... Come on, son. I know you want to play. He wants to shoot his little ball, but I'm like, you got to stay out of it while the big boys are playing here. But uh, <laughs> shout out to Deshaun and uh, and Jamal who were playing there yesterday. We were just uh, they so were we had some, some American Twenty One that looked like going on. Yeah, so you're doing, yeah, yeah. yeah. We okay. played another game I've never played before. Right? I don't know, Trey. Maybe you've played this one. I'm guessing if it's an American thing, it's just you shoot ten sh- first to make ten shots, and that's that's the winner of a game. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Pretty but simple. All, all playing basically one on one on one. No, but this is like you're just shooting. It was like we're just playing up to ten, and I'm like, oh. like so you're not defending anybody. It's just oh, like I could just... tell there wasn't a lot of defense yeah. being. Played. Oh well, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> no yeah. offense to those it guys. It wasn't even super like hot here yesterday, but uh, just it was like two in the afternoon, so it was humid and it was warm, and you know. Yeah. So you just had a shooting contest. Basically. No, then we played twenty one afterwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Great right. fun, man. It's so much fun. So much fun just playing basketball with randoms. And uh, <laughs> those outdoor hoops with a net, I mean, honestly, that to me is a treat. In Australia, 
when they put up a, an outdoor court, it gets the net up once, and when that wears through, that's it. You never get a net yeah. again, not even a chain net. But here, when those nets get broken, they replace them. I know, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. It's nice to have nets back, that's for yeah, sure, and the ability is. to go yeah. down and, uh, and shoot around. All right, well, uh, we'll make sure on today's beach step, and we'll at least get one of the clips. Also, yeah, your hair flowing <laughs> as you're driving. You're playing in sunglasses? I don't know how I felt about that. I mean, again, I, I can go for another 20 minutes on this. So we'll, yeah. ta- we'll talk about it on the beach. Join us live at 3 p.m. Eastern here on YouTube. Uh, we'll flip it around as quick as possible. Get it up in your podcast feed. Uh, make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Smash that like button. Comment below the video. Help us defeat the algorithm. We got four games on tonight. Uh, again, we'll see some of you, or you'll hear from us. Uh, some of you will later today. But four games on tonight. Two on NBA TV. Wizards, Sixers, Grizzlies, Jazz. Both of those series could end if Philly and Utah uh, take care of business at home. And then we got two more on TNT. Yeah, four games on tonight. It's the Hawks-Knicks uh, at MSG. Hawks trying to close out that one on the road. And then a pivotal game five in a 2-2 <laughs> series between the uh, Mavericks and Clippers. Hey, how much restraint do you think I had to show by not putting Magic Johnson's tweets yeah. in there? Yeah. <laughs> between was, thank God for Andrew. Thank LOL, God. I know a little bit about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> What? It's incredible. Uh, Anyway, so if you don't join us for the beach, we'll be back tomorrow, Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern to uh, break down a very, very busy night of NBA playoff action. All right, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, congrats to Andrew and his lovely bride. I forgot her name already. I don't think you ever did you say it? What a no. Oh. No, he never said it. Ah, oh, forget I forget I said anything. Can't even mention her name, Andrew. Come on. Hang on, man. hang on, hang on. Just seeing if it's in there. Nah. <laughs> no. It's we should find there. out her name. <laughs> DM us her name, please. Andrew. <laughs> Brace the day, people. You could stay.